Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here, BackSportsPage.com, BlogTalkRadio.com as well. And as soon as Blog Talk seems to catch up with us, the music will go away. And there we go. <laughs> you see, every day it's an adventure here on Seth and Sean Sports Radio. We have a lot to talk about today, as we do every other week. And first, my co-presenter, the envelope, please. Mr. Cambridge. Uh, well, so much to talk about, so little time. Um, I think Mr. Palmer is 24 hours away from leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when he'll be back again. I'm thinking sometime in the middle of June. Um, as he <laughs> as he goes as he decides to skip March Madness and take a an unnecessary three week trip through Bali and Australia. Ironically, he will still be hosting the radio show with us because, well, that's just how he rolls. Um, but so he's leaving in 24 hours with the most disgustingly organized chart I've ever seen for a trip. <laughs> now, I, I got to start with this. Now, you're going for three weeks to Bali, New Zealand, Australia. I am incredibly jealous. Um, now, you're bringing one suitcase, one carry-on, and one backpack. That's what it looked like in your picture. Right. Am, I, am I wrong on this, or is this correct? No, no that is correct. Okay. So, I want to know, where exactly are you going to fit the Islander jersey? Considering, I know you're going to, starting this going to Chicago, and you're seeing the Islanders play the uh, player streaking, play your, your streaking Islanders play the Devils, but... You know, I don't know where you're going to fit all this. You're going to be gone for 21 days. You're bringing a suit because I know you're going to a wedding. You're going to. Okay. You're going to well, let, I don't let, get it. First of all, they're first of all they're not playing the Devils. They're playing the Blackhawks. So that's, that's what I meant. Kind of, kind of, that's kind of the first thing. So let's understand how I pack. Now, for those that are not fans on Facebook, I encourage you to do such because I will link it to the set, uh, the Sean's trip around the world, 21 days going fully 26,000 miles around the world. So what Seth is alluding to is, is I keep a blog. And this morning I posted that I am ready to go. I leave at 6 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. The first three days are in Chicago. The next five days are in Queenstown, New Zealand. The following three days are in Melbourne, Australia, followed by five days in Sydney, Australia, followed by four days in Bali. So, how did, and what Seth is alluding to is that this morning I posted a list, a very precise list of a what very I have shown list. Oh, it's, it, look, it's a precise list. It looks like a camp list, right? When you're going to camp, yeah. This is what you would post. And my aunt actually commented, this looks like the camp list that we used to send you to camp with. So it makes sense. So there are three columns, one of which is the carry-on, the second of which is the suitcase, and the third of which is the backpack. Now, the backpack holds the laptop because it's a backpack for a laptop. The carry-on is mostly for Chicago. And then the suitcases for the rest of the trip. What are the one th- you 
once I get past Chicago, I don't need the clothes for Chicago. Can we agree on that? Chicago is going to be about 40 degrees, and the rest of the trip will Agreed. be about 75 to 80. Okay. So I have packed the carry-on specifically for Chicago. So once I get to Chicago, I will take the clothes that are in the carry-on, box them up, and ship them back home to New York, leaving me wow. an entire an entire carry carry on almost empty for gifts and such for maybe my esteemed co-host, certainly for his wife, because we know <laughs> where the bread is buttered, and certainly for his kid. We'll see we'll see if he gets anything. But the fact is, so my planning is so I will have enough room for gifts or wine or whatever it may be to come on back, utilizing the carry-on as the extra space. So, yes, I have a lot of detailed planning. Yes, I am a little OCD when it comes to planning and packing. I, I, I don't say otherwise, no question. But I will tell you one thing, I'm not going to miss anything. Everything's packed. It's been double-packed and triple-packed. And today I went and got 20 bagels for our Chicago office, along with locks and cream cheese, so I will be bringing them breakfast tomorrow morning. And then that space will once again be used for anything else. I am actually under the weight limit for my, for my suitcase. I am under the weight limit for my carry-on. And my backpack is surprisingly light. I am... Intrigued. Now, if your assertion is how am I going to survive 21 days with that little clothing, that's a different question. Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm more impressed with the. Uh, I was satisfied, and believe me, you've just gone on for six minutes about your packing, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. But I was more. I'm more impressed, and I was wondering how. It, the Chicago stuff that you're sending back, which makes a lot of sense, since I forgot you're going to be working for a couple of days in the uh, in the Chicago office. So correct. Yeah, no, that makes more sense. And uh, yeah, Uncle Sean and Jake got a, had a big hangout night. They bonded on Wednesday. Um, the picture was posted to Facebook. I'm not sure if it was posted to Seth and Sean Sports Radio. As we watched, as Jake had the pleasure of watching Uncle Sean run up and down the bar like a lunatic after his beloved uh, Cuse would win on a half-court shot over Duke. But we'll get to that later on. Um, I guess, so what are you looking forward to most on the trip? I am looking forward to, for there is a place in New Zealand called Milford Sound. And Milford Sound is, they call it the eighth wonder of the world. There are several things that are called the eighth wonder of the world because there are only seven wonders of the world. But I highly suggest you look up Milford Sound. It is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Weren't you supposed I to go there with your grandmother? I was. And the problem was with gra- – so there are two ways to get to Milford Sound. You can fly or you can drive. And if you drive, it's a five-hour drive down and a five-hour drive back on a bus. Grandma wasn't exactly taking a five-hour drive down. Or back. So it required the flight. The issue with Milford Sound is because it gets foggy and because there are so many mountains in the area, radar does not work. So you must have an absolutely clear day to fly. And we just happen to never get a clear day. Now we were only there for two days, three days. So you only had three shots at it and we didn't get one. This time, I am driving down the five-hour drive. We leave at 7.30 in the morning, and I get there at noon. I am then spending the night on a sailboat overnight through Milford Sound, which is beautiful. And, again, it's called the Milford Wanderer, like Dion's the Wanderer. And if you have the time to look and the inclination, I suggest it. And then on the way out... I am helicoptering back to Queenstown. So if you're looking for something that, if if you're asking me what I am most looking forward to, it is that followed by 
three hours after I get off a plane in Queenstown, I'm jumping off another plane and skydiving. Because I wish my computer was not? working so I could actually have the, side of, have the sound effects to go with this. I see a wily <laughs> coyote jumping over the cliff and just... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? To, to be fair, when I told my brother, my younger brother, what I was doing, he didn't say don't do it. He didn't say maybe you should be careful. My younger brother is infinite wisdom, and my younger brother is incredibly practical. That is the first thing that I would ever say Jay is, is practical. He asked me one I'm question. Not sure that, I'm not sure that's the first thing you would say about Jay, but okay. Well, he asked me one question. Is your will updated? <laughs> I was like, okay. And I said, Jay, understand that you're not getting anything. Like, it's going all to your, to your, son, your sons and daughter. He goes, just make sure that there's enough for the funeral. Other than that, I don't care. I was, and I don't have to go to Australia to claim your body. I was like, oh, it's nice to see that you love me. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, but yes, I am, I am hoping to, have the radio, uh, to be on the radio show. We may have to do it a little bit later next week because it is a 14-hour difference the other way. So I'd prefer not to have a show at... Uh, noon when I'm coming back, so we may have to do it at two my time, so maybe eight or nine this time, but we'll work that out. We'll get back to you on that, but I am uh, incredibly thankful to the people at work that are allowing me to do this, because without my boss, I would not be able to do a 21-day trip, so I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity, and I am, Seth asked me before the show, am I finally getting excited and talking about it right now, I am. So thank you to all of you for listening to me babble for the last 11 minutes. So for all, the, for all those women who want to go with Sean and will only have to put out in order to get a ticket, feel free to call in at wow. 760-283-0846. I haven't done a Sean, I haven't done a Sean female comment in a long time. That one was good. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that, that's, that's, here's the line, my friend, and you're like over in the other corner. <laughs> now, to be fair, my niece did look at me when I told her what I was doing and deadpanned, and I assume that Jake at some point will say the same thing when you tell him something. She looked at me after I told her about the sailboat and, the, and, and showed her pictures in Milford Sound. She looks at me deadpanned, no expression on her face, and said, you know you have to take me, right? <laughs> Well, you took your 90-year-old grandmother, so what's a four-year-old? How much more difficult could well, that be? Well, she's seven, and when I okay. said, look, at, at one point, maybe I will take you on a trip, her next response was, not with my brothers. When? <laughs> no, not when. Not with my brothers. So, yeah, then there's that. So, so anyway, so we'll, so we'll be giving you uh, updates throughout the next couple of weeks from Queenstown and Bali and Sydney and the other side of the planet. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to it now. So thank you for indulging me for the last 13 minutes as I discussed my next three weeks of travel on the Sean's uh, excursions around the world. But let's bring this back to reality here in, in the States. The NBA trade deadline was last week. No real big trades. Jimmy Butler stayed, stayed home. Paul George stayed home, although it looks like Paul George wants to go home, not necessarily staying in Indiana for the long run. Do you think that Boston is going to kick themselves at the end of this? Because you can only hoard draft. Draft picks have a shelf life, right? I mean, eventually they do run out and they become players. And, and you have the thought process of I'm going to get the guy with the number one pick with the, with the Nets, either this year or next year, and I may get the next big thing. But you have the opportunity to get not the next big thing, but the current big thing in either Jimmy Butler or Paul George. Do you think that the Celtics blew it? I don't think that they blew it, but I'm not sure I would have. I, I'm pretty sure I would have made, made a run at one of the deals. 
Um, I look at I look well, around. Is, hold on. What is what does the run mean? Because from what I understand, and these are rumors, but let let's let's put it into perspective. The deal on the table for the Pacers, and I assume it was similar for the Celtics, was the number one pick this year, Jay Crowder, and either Marcus Smart or Avery Bram, Avery Bradley, Bradley for for either Paul George or Jimmy Butler. That was the deal. No, 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 no. It was Jay Crowder, the first round pick in Bradley or Bradley or or or. Uh, That's what I said. What's his name? That's what I said. The, oh, I, the Nets first. I didn't round hear you pick. say Crowder. Yeah, Crowder, Here's, Bradley or Bradley or Smart, and the Nets first round pick. Yeah, I guess I look at it. I mean, you know, I'm going through it right now in my head, and they need. What does Boston need? Boston needs the go-to guy. I look at Butler, and Butler is kind of that 2-3 swing where they have a lot of depth. The problem is is they have a lot of depth and no star. And I, the, the thought process I have, that I have is maybe they're thinking to themselves, is bringing in Butler and disrupting the chemistry or bringing in George and disrupting the is this going to put us over the top against Cleveland? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're going for here. Yep. And if they decide in their mind that trading these two, these two guys and the pick for whoever is not going to get you past Cleveland, then it may very well not be worth it. They can also look. They can go after the year and, may, and try. And also, as you said, Paul George has insinuated that he wants – to go home to LA to the Lakers. Yep. If he doesn't end up re-signing with Indiana. Yep. And the only reason it would seem that he would re-sign with Indiana is because they can offer him forty million more than anyone else, which is certainly a reasonable reason. So you're getting if you're only getting one year of because I don't think you can make the trade contingent on a on I mean you know this topology better than I do. But I don't think you can make the trade contingent on them signing George. No, or, you cannot. So what do you – right. So you're looking at potentially one year of – what could end up being just one year of Paul George. Okay. Plus you so, have, you know, so, are you going to max Isaiah Thomas? You know, so even if you, you can sign George, you know, do you max him over Thomas in the five-year versus the four-year? Kind of understand this is a team – and, you know, it feels like they've been kind of building towards a crescendo for a while. But number one, they may end up offering less six months from now if both are still on the table. And, you know, so I understand where Ainge is coming from. I'm not saying it's the right thing, but I understand the thought. If that's the thought process, I get where I get it. Okay, so I understand the thought process, too. And I'm looking up the salaries, right? So you have Isaiah Thomas, who was a free agent after next year. Avery Bradley, right. same thing, free agent after next year. Jay Crowder has four years and probably one of the best contracts in basketball at $7 What about million, $50 million, give or take? Four more years, $7 million apiece. Like, it's a tremendous wow. deal. And Smart caps out in three years. So here's my take. He's still on rookie contract. Al Horford, yeah. yeah, Al Horford is not getting any younger, right? He is what he is, and he has – Huge amount of money, 26, 27, 28, and 30. He signed a max deal. So if you're, the, if, you're Paul jo- if you're the Celtics and you get two years of Paul George, which is basically what you're doing, you're going to get this playoff year and next playoff year, and you're asked to give up Avery Bradley, who you're probably not going to re-sign anyway because he's being paid $8 million next year and then a free agent. You're asked to give up the number one pick in the draft, who, granted, is a good player. But you don't know what that player is going to be able to do in the pros. You can hypothesize, but it's not a known quantity. And then you have Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, who is a good player. He is not, he's not going to push the needle. 
He's one of those glue guys that we talk about so much. And you have Marcus Smart, who kind of is an I, – I don't know. I mean, he's a good player. Is he a great player? Probably not. Probably never going to be a great player. But here's the thing. When you have Jay Crowder with that contract and you bring in Paul George, where is Jay Crowder playing anyway? He's not. Because Paul George is playing the small forward position, which is exactly where Jay Crowder plays. So what are you really giving up? Now, do I give this up for Jimmy Butler? No. I don't think Jimmy Butler, A, is as good as Paul George. And Jimmy Butler is more of a two-guard than he is a three. Paul George can actually play the Paul George can actually play the four. Now the difference is Butler has another year on his contract, so you're playing apples to oranges. Isaiah Thomas isn't getting any younger. Al Hartford is not getting any younger. I understand your point that you can revisit this in the summer. I get it, but then you have only one year of Paul George, and Al Hartford is still a year older. If all things, if time stopped and we can revisit this in the summer and assuming that these players are going to be the exact same players as they were this year, I agree with you. But you can't assume that. Eventually, these guys deteriorate. They, their skills diminish. So you're playing, I, I get the game, but the one thing you said this before, the Celtics lack is a superstar. A superstar, a a go-to guy. And Horford has never been that go-to guy. Horford is an incredible complimentary guy. But he is not a go-to guy. Isaiah Thomas, yeah, he's been a go-to guy this year, but he's not a guy that you're going to rely on in the playoffs. Is I believe that he is one of those guys that when defenses actually start really playing, when LeBron says, Isaiah, you're not going to stop me, you're not, you're not going to – you're not going to push the ball past me, and he puts him one-on-one with LeBron? Isaiah Thomas ain't doing anything one-on-one with LeBron. Come on. Let's call that spade to spade. I think, they, I think they blew a shot here. If they didn't want to give up this year's first-round pick, they should have given up the Nets' first-round pick next year and dealt with this. they didn't want to give up Jay Crowder, they should have given up Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart and dealt with this. Because they are running out of time and running out so you of made, chances. You would have made the trade. I wouldn't have made it for Butler. I would have made it for Paul George. Absolutely would have made it for Paul George. I agree with you in regards to Butler over George. But the question also is this. Is Paul George, you know, you said the player who's going to turn, who's going to, you know, the guy, be the guy. Is Paul George good enough to be the guy on a championship team? Well, and if how many did, players are better? I, I don't know how many, how many players are better than Paul George? Do you think Kawhi Leonard is good enough to be the guy on a championship team? Kawhi Leonard is a is a such a different type of is, is such a, an anomaly. Um, that I don't even know, I don't know where I would even put him. Um, but I mean, think about it. When you do it, all the all NBA teams, is, is, is Paul George on there? I don't think he was on there last year. Maybe he's on there this Bob. year, which means there'll be six forwards above him. And again, you have guys like Durant and James. So I'm not understanding that's not, that may not be a particularly fair argument. But, and I'm not really disputing, I like Paul George a lot. But I don't know if I would trade the number one pick for a guy who may only be there for one year. No, he's not going to realize- be there for one year. Hold on. If you made the trade this year, let's remember, he's there for you this year. You get him for a year and change. You get him for a year and change. You're getting two NBA playoffs out of Paul George. Do you think Paul George is the, can be the guy on a championship team? I think, Paul George, if you have an opportunity to trade for a – how many superstars do you have the opportunity to trade for to begin with? Well, this year there were three out there. The two in Boogie. 
Okay. Yeah, Boogie, I guess. Didn't even think about Boogie. And, you know, look, Boogie would have been the perfect fit for Boston. Boston didn't want Boogie. Very simple. Right. So, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have made the trade. Um, I think they're going to regret it. I think they're going to come down and, and eventually, I don't think they're going to trade the picks at all. I think they're going to keep both picks and they're going to hope that one of those two guys, they I believe they will absolutely keep the pick this year. I think if they were going to make, if they were going to make a trade, they would have already done it. And because in the, in the postseason, in around the lottery time, do you see any other superstars coming available? No. Nobody comes available after right. the waiver wire for the most part. Um, no, but I'm saying, pickers, right? Like you, had Dar- you had Darren Williams go to Cleveland. You know, Bogus can probably no, no, end no, up I in mean, Cleveland. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, at the draft. At the draft, after the year. Look, you may see Damian Lillard available or C.J. McCollum if they decide that they don't like that mix. You may see you you certainly will see Carmelo Anthony become available. Kyle Lowry is a free agent, but I think he will re-sign with Toronto. Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward doesn't move the needle any more than Paul George. In fact, I believe Paul George is a better player and certainly a better. I, I agree. I agree. So, so if those are the guys and you won't trade one for Paul George, who are you hoping to get? Unless you really sure. think that Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard is coming available and you want both Lillard and Isaiah Thomas, which may be the smallest backcourt in history. Look, I'm just kind of hypothesizing a little bit. To be perfectly honest, I, you asked me to make the argument for the Celtics. I would have traded for yep. George. I would not have yep. traded for Butler. Um but look, they're still going in. There's three. There's three very solid teams that are going to be fighting for the right to get beaten by Cleveland. That's just the reality. You know, Toronto yeah. gets a box. Washington lose, gets uh, Bogdanovich from the Nets. You know, probably would have been better off getting Lou Williams from the Lakers. But these teams are solid. Boston is solid. I think Toronto is probably the biggest threat, but I don't see any of them unless Cleveland is injured going in. This is still Cleveland's to lose. Well, Toronto also got Jared Dudley, which is a great pickup for them when you play Cleveland. No no question yep. about that. And today, not today, but over the weekend, the, um, the, Wiz- the Wizards picked up Brandon Jennings for their uh, – for their backcourt and their second unit, which I think is a tremendous pickup for them as well. I don't think Brandon Jennings is a starting point guard in this league, but I certainly think that he can, he is a great offensive weapon off the bench. And we'll look. Washington had the best bench, uh, the best start, probably the best starting team in the NBA. The problem is because they have the best starting team, they had nobody on the bench. And now at least they have some form of a bench with Biotkovich, who I can never pronounce his name, and Brandon Jennings. Actually, so, I didn't realize that Jennings went there, but you're not really – I'm assuming you're saying this excluding the team out in Gold, the, the, the team out west in California and yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. No, I actually think that – I actually think as a team, the Wizards have a better starting lineup than Cleveland does. Absolutely. Because let's remember, the Wizards stay healthy. They've been healthy all year. Cleveland has not been healthy all year. So I agree with you that I believe that I agree with you in the fact that I'm excluding Golden State. But as far as excluding Cleveland, I'm not excluding Cleveland at all. I think the Wizards, with Bradley Beal, John Wall, Gort, Gortach, I can never pronounce his name either. Gortat. I mean, Gortat. Thank you, Gortat. 
They are Gortat. a Gortat. Gortat. Markeith Morris is averaging 14 a game, and Otto Porter, who's, a, who's averaging 14 a game as well, they got five guys averaging over 10 points a game and two guys averaging over 22. And they've played, all of them have played over 53 games. You cannot say that about Cleveland. They just do not stay healthy. But if Cleveland is healthy, again, big if. And now the issue being, is LeBron playing too many minutes, which is why bringing in Darren Williams and bringing in potentially Bogut is so key. Now, look, nothing would make me happier than to see a competitive Eastern Conference championship. You know, or East championship series. I just don't know if it's feasible or not. Oh, um, but if you, look at the, believe, hold on, let's, you, if you believe let's the, look. no, if you believe the Wizards' starting lineup is better than Cleveland's, and they brought in two solid bench guys so they can go seven to eight deep, then that should make them a pretty interesting contender. Well, they could go seven to eight deep, but when they go off their look, Wall and, and Beal are the best are the best players on their team, right? So when they sell yeah. out those guys, there's a tremendous decrease. Their second unit is still horrendous. They're better, but they're not good. I mean, their second unit, looking at their stats, is going to be those two guys that we just pointed out, Kelly Obrey, Trey Burke, and Ian Mahami. I mean – you're not getting anywhere with those guys as a second unit. If you throw out Cleveland's second unit, and you said again, assuming that they're all healthy, so you're starting LeBron, Kyrie, Love, J.R. Smith, and Tristan Thompson, right? That's your starting five, I would yeah, assume? Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. You're throwing out Kyle Culver, Derek Williams, Channing Fry, Iman Shumpert, and Richard Jefferson. I'll take that st- I'll take that second unit. You actually forgot Darren Williams. That Derek Williams. Oh, and I forgot Darren and I forgot Yeah, and I forgot Darren Williams who's coming over. I mean, that second unit is a whole lot better. So, no, I would still I think the major the major threat and I I do think that they are a threat. Assuming that Kyle Lowry comes back healthy is Toronto. I think Toronto is built to stop Cleveland. I really do. I think they're going to let LeBron, if, if they are smart, they are going to do exactly teams used to do to the Bulls. Let LeBron get his 40. We're going to stop everybody else. And that's a harder task. That's a uh, that's no easy task when you have guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, but you got defensive players now. You got Jared Jared Dudley. You got you got Serge Ibaka. I mean, Kyle Lowry may be the best on ball defender in the NBA outside of Ky- Kawhi Leonard. You actually have you actually have teams. I believe you are going to see a much more competitive Eastern Conference than you've seen the past three or four years. And this is to your pleasure, I assume. Yeah, I sincerely hope so. And it should be a fun run through. Um, I, I believe the Sacramento deal also happened after we was second. Did we discuss the Sacramento deal we, last week? We did, didn't we? We did. We did. We absolutely and, did. And the, the New Orleans has promptly gone zero and three, and Cousins is out for is out for tonight's game. <laughs> Bless you. Of course, yes. But yeah. So Would let me start? ask you this: I'm not sure. I'm not sure you saw this when I when I sent it to you. The latest bracketology. The latest bracketology has your Maryland Terps as a seven seed, and they play in the South against the ten seed, which Joe Lenardi has as the Syracuse Orange. I think both of us would be pretty happy with that. I can only wish for that to happen. Now, I would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to find that game. I would. Um, I may very well do that. 
it was very strange because if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be missing March Madness, no big deal, because I didn't think that Syracuse had a shot. And, Seth, you were with me when they played Duke. Look, not to say that they played a great game because they didn't, and not to say that Duke played a great game because they certainly didn't, but anything can happen this time of year, and it it wasn't a well-played game, but it certainly was a great game. As I said at the beginning of the show, the only thing I wish, now this was Jake's first time where it was just with, uh, with, with the two of us at a sports bar. And I can barely call the Ainsworth a sports bar considering they had music going on, although there was only 10 people there. But I wish to God I videotaped Sean's reaction <laughs> after the game was over, after John, what was his last name? Gillen? John Gillen. Yep. Hit the shot. Now, you have to imagine, for those of you who have been listening for a while, I have a six-month-old, and he's a pretty happy, pretty fun kid. He's watching Sean jump up and down and run around the bar like a lunatic. And I mean really like a lunatic. And he just has this really happy, confused-looking look on his face, like, what the hell is Uncle Sean doing? It was quite enjoyable. Uh, But, yeah, Syracuse has made a very nice run. I have yeah, I haven't been that happy. That was pure joy. Like, it, there are times, and, and I think I told you this at the time, I wish you did have your camera rolling, because there are very few times in one person's life. Look, you had your kid, you, you got married, your team yeah. wins a championship, your team wins a Woo-hoo. championship. You have, no, you have no other thoughts on your mind whatsoever. You're fully engrossed in what you're doing, and it is pure joy. And I'm not comparing a basketball game to the birth of your son. Please do not. That's okay. That's not, okay. Believe me, at 3 o'clock in the morning, there's not that much joy. There's just more exhaustion. <laughs> Don't worry, but little dude. We still that, love you. There are very few times I can say that Seth has seen, and I've known Seth a long time now, that Seth has seen me in pure joy mode. And I was... In, and that's real. And the next day, I posted on Facebook. That's what makes sports great, because you forget everything else, and you are just a four-year-old all over again. I was running around the bar, and people were looking at me like I was nuts or on some court, some kind of psychedelic. And the only other time that I recall doing this was last year in a bar in Phoenix when Syracuse was playing Virginia and everybody was looking at me with the same damn look that they looked at me on Wednesday. Who is this Except- psycho that's running around in an orange shirt? And that's okay. I'm perfectly now, content with that, with that. Now, to be fair, there were only like nine people at the bar and no one was watching the yeah. game except for us. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Totally all so, right with that. Syracuse, I believe, and again, I don't have I don't have anything else. Syracuse is what, seventeen and thirteen? Sixteen and twelve? Something like that? Seventeen seventeen and twelve, my friend. Seventeen and twelve. Okay. So my understanding is that no at no one has ever gotten in that large with fourteen losses. Correct. There have been a few that have gotten at 13. No one has ever gotten at 14. And I'm not going to assume you're going to make a run through the ACC tournament. Correct. So who do you have left? Do you have Pittsburgh, I think? No, we have Georgia Tech while I am on a plane this weekend. So I will not be able to watch the game on Saturday. That is the last. So we have a week. So we played Louisville on Sunday and got destroyed by 20 in Louisville. But you know what? There's no shame in that. Louisville is a top-10 team, and we were supposed to lose. I mean, you're supposed to lose the top-10 teams, which is what made the Duke game so much better because we won. We're not a top-10 team. We face Georgia Tech, and I have told my brethren, my Syracuse Orange brethren, this is a win-or-go-home game. You lose this game, you need to win three 
you need to make it to the finals in the ACC tournament. Which means you're beating either North Carolina or Duke again. If you win, you that's Seth, that gets you the thirteen losses, not fourteen. And you're good. Okay. Well you're not good. Look, winning you're you're probably good. Yeah. I mean I don't I, I don't see you if you lose the first round of the ACC, I don't see it as a definitive that you're in. I would think you're in. And I'm not this is not me trying to make fun of like be a buster balls kind of thing. Um, I, cause I think, cause I also wonder how many from the, now again, it's a weak bubble. And when I'm, you have 13 sorry, losses, Seth. no matter how good. I'm sorry, Seth. We already have 13 losses. We're 17 and 13. Jesus. Okay. So, so we will have yeah, then, 14 losses. So you would probably be the first team. Then I believe you'd be the first team ever to get in with 14 losses. Yep. As an at, again, as an at large, not, not right. having one, not, not, not having won the, won the tournament, whatever right. tournament, whether big East or in this case, ACC. So agreed. In Georgia tech, I believe is in just about the same spot that you are. They are. There have some very good wins. Some very, their losses aren't as bad. I mean, you losing by 20 to St. John's is still unfathomable. Um, so, you know, this could be really a double, you know, a winner go, it's a winner go home for both sides. I agree. You know, both teams have impressive wins on the road, have impressive ACC wins. So it should be fun. Maryland, although they're, they're up 10 in the second half, you know, we, we're starting to fade out. It looks like we have not played well in the last three weeks. Our freshmen are playing like freshmen, unfortunately. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of expectation for this year. So it's been nice, but when you're 20 and two, and now you're 25 and 20, excuse me, 22 and seven, you know it is a little disappointing. We're going to make the tournament. You know we can, we could win a game. Um, I don't see us unless somehow the freshmen kind of get back to where they were a couple weeks ago. I don't see, I don't see us making much of a run. But again, who knows? You know, weak draw. You know, a bad three. You know, a bad a week two seed, a week three seed. Stranger things have happened. But um, right now we're just simply, although we're winning at Rutgers, which is actually kind of a pain in the ass place to play, it's still a pretty uncomfortable. It's we're still not playing anywhere near where we were about a month ago. So, um, I was reading an article, and uh, and I kind of want your thoughts because you know we've been hosting the show for four years now. Feelings on North Carolina are pretty well known. I have yep. you know other than the two or three great teams. I think they have been perpetually, you know, I, I've never thought of them as particularly great. I've never thought of them as well, particularly well coached. Um, but they've had lousy recruits. You know, I was reading an article about Roy Williams and they've had, you know, their recruiting classes over the last few years have not been great. I mean, they've not been top three, top five. I mean, they've still been very good, but they haven't been winning. You know, they, they've, what they've won, I think it's, or shared seven out of the last 10 ACC championships. With teams that are not as bluntly, not as overwhelmingly talented as they've had in the past. So you know, it kind of got me thinking a little bit because we were thinking about you know Bill Self and Kansas having won 13 in a row, and which is obviously an unbelievable feat. But you know, have I? And it hurts me to say this because I just I don't think I just don't think that highly of Roy. You know, I don't. But if I really, if I just kind of understated, if I underestimate, not underestimate is the right word, if I have been overly critical of him over the years without cause? Um, look, the way that you've always dealt with Roy Williams is you believe that he hasn't done enough with the talent that he's been given. That's always been your take on it. I don't know if you're right. Um, that is certainly argument to be made. I won't disagree with you at all. He has not, look, he's won what? Two championships? No, one, one championship, right? He won one, he won one with, uh, Sean May and one with, uh, Tyler Hansborough. Correct. Correct. And he won none at Kansas. No, he won none at Kansas. 
And I think that's where most of your, um, I don't know, most of your, what's the word I'm looking for? Vigor comes from. Yeah, criticism. I was going to say vigor, but sure, criticism works (laughs) too. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you believe that with the talent that he's always had, he should be doing better. And is that fair? Let's remember in the ACC, the ACC has been one of those cla- one of one of those conferences that they've always been good, right? You're you're not going to ever yeah. have a bad conference with them. So that's up to you. I I don't think you've been overly critical. I think you've taken two. You said you've had a great recruiting class. He's been there, what, over 15 years now? Because Self's been there 13, so he's been there 13 years. Oh, he, didn't, he come, didn't he go over right after the uh, Syracuse-Kansas game? That was the Syracuse championship. So yeah, thir- yeah, so that's 13 years. So he's been there 13 – well, Self's won 13 straight conferences. So Self Correct. replaced Williams. That makes sense. So he's won 13 – so he's been two out of 13. How many other teams have won two out of 13? He's got a – I mean, are there any? Duke? Duke. Has Duke won two out of the last 13? Yeah, Duke, yes, because they beat Butler and they beat Wisconsin. Okay. So um, – would you say the to same of Shashevsky? Would you say well, here's the argument though. Would you say the same with Shashevsky? He's only won two. I don't know. That's why as that's I said, old. that's why I mean only winning two if championship is the only criteria. And I'm not saying that it should or shouldn't be. Because Kansas is look, Kansas every year, I mean if you like there are the same teams every it's difficult to win championships and I understand that, so I'm not quite sure. sure. To be perfectly honest, you've always said that Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball. You've said that forever. Okay. I said that, and I said Izzo have been my one and two. Yeah. Right. So let's take Izzo, right? Izzo gets not the greatest, he doesn't get those recruiting classes, but he gets top 25 recruiting classes every year, if not better than that. And he hasn't won two out of the last 13. No, but it, to me, it, see, I guess to me, when I, when I, I'm kind of thinking about this out loud, Izzo, I, I don't even think they've had top 25 classes. You know, to me, Izzo's, they've always had very mediocre talent, and Izzo's always been able to get the best out of that talent. Um, you know, Bill Self, he's had some great talent, um, but the consistency that they have had has been unfathomable. I mean, they've been a one or two seed, I believe, for the last 13 years and probably since well before that. Now, should they have won more than one championship? Absolutely. They won the one. The only one that self has won is over Memphis, where Memphis simply blew it. Um, But I guess, to me, I I don't know how you recruit to Kansas. You know, I, I, I don't know how you recruit to Michigan State. So, I get North Carolina, I get Duke, I get UCLA. I don't quite know why people would want to go to Kansas. And I don't mean that as disrespectful. Well, I guess it comes off as that. But to be in the middle of Kansas or to be on a beach in California or to be in Florida or to be – I just would never want to go there. Well, you and <laughs> that I, wouldn't be my first you and, I have had, you and I have had this conversation. And I actually talked to one of my friends who is a Kansas alum the other day about this because I was inquisitive because I said – when he talked about Bill Self, and I forwarded your thoughts that he is the best coach in basketball, and he said, you know what, Bayheim's not bad either. And I said, you know, the best thing about Bayheim and Self is that they can recruit to places where nobody wants to go because there's no reason to go there. Why would anybody want to go to Lawrence, Kansas? Why would anybody want to go to Syracuse, New York? What? And you've been saying that for years. You don't understand it. And he came up with the same conversation that I did. The same rationale. He goes, you are a king in those towns when you play basketball. 
You are the man when you are that good. If you're Frank Mason, everybody knows who you are. You are not lost. You are the guy. And you are following Billy Owens. You are following Derek Coleman. You are following Carmelo Anthony. You are following Rafe LaFrenz. You are following Paul Pierce. You are following these guys, and you it is basketball, basketball, and basketball. I didn't exactly agree with the sentiment because I still can't imagine anybody wanting to go to either one of those places. But that was his take for Kansas. And, look, he went there, so I can't dispute the take. It's his opinion. And I was kind of surprised by it because I still don't understand it. I wouldn't want to go. No, but I also took the idea and said, this is you and I looking back on it today at 40. And, yes, we're 40, ladies and gentlemen. This is not looking at it as an 18-year-old. Why on God's green earth did I go to Syracuse, New York, when I could have gone to University of Southern California? Like, why? Because at 18, it sounded awesome. But at 40, it sounds like the stupidest idea known to man. And I think that's part of it, too. Because when you're 18, you care about basketball, and you care about if you're a basketball player, and if you're just a normal sports nut, you care about the carrier dome and what it brings to the table and how awesome it would be to watch sporting events in the carrier dome or in Lawrence Fieldhouse or in Cole Fieldhouse. I know you don't play in Cole Fieldhouse anymore. But in well, Cole it's okay. Fieldhouse. Kansas doesn't play in Lawrence Fieldhouse, so it's okay. Oh. They play in Allen Fieldhouse. Allen Fieldhouse. Allen Fieldhouse. But at 18, that's what you care about. And that's what you want to do. And at 40, you say, are you crazy? So maybe it's the lack of maturity that at 18, you just want to go for basketball without thinking of the bigger picture. And we've all been there. That, that, that was my reconciliation of those thoughts. All right. So we've got about eight minutes left, and there's something we want that Sean had, had talked about quickly earlier. You know, we sorry, as my little dude is uh, doing push-ups, it looks like. So it's kind of funny to watch. Um, you know, everyone knows what happened with the Oscars on Sunday night with uh, Warren Beatty getting the wrong, wrong letter from Price Waterhouse, probably the former uh, auditor for the Oscars, and announcing the wrong, you know, announcing the wrong name. You know, and we were trying to think, you know, what is – I mean, it's a brain fart beyond belief. You know, what is the biggest, you know, what are the biggest mistakes on, along those lines that you've ever seen, that you've seen in, in sports? I know the first one that comes to my mind, but I was wondering what yours was. First thing that comes to my mind is the flip of the coin, where it was the flip, Jerome Bettis called it one way. You saw it being heads. And the ref called it the other way. That would be the first thing that I thought of right away. What about yourself? First thought that comes to my mind is actually one of the greatest games of all time. Forgot about this because this part's never really publicized or it's not thought of too much. The 82 NCAA championship game, Carolina Georgetown, where Jordan hits the jumper from the side with 14 seconds to go to give him a one point lead. And Fred Brown comes down, and with five seconds left, for some reason, which makes no sense, turns in purpose and, you know, passes it to James Worthy. I mean, not no one's within 20 feet of James Worthy. James Worthy's behind Fred Brown, and he passes it to James Worthy. And Worthy gets – and that's the game. And Carolina wins the championship 63-62. Yeah, that's good. That, I like that. Thank you. You know, like there that. are others. I mean, the Chris Webber walk, or the Chris Webber timeout in the 91, in the 92 championship against Carolina. Against Carolina. Um, you know, that kind of comes to mind. Jim, Jim Marshall running the wrong way. Certainly <laughs> is one of those. 
Steve Smith banking in a shot off the, his own his own defenseman's skate, which probably oh, ruined a dynasty 19, of, of of the Edmonton Oilers in 1989. 1989, game six against the Calgary Flames. Yep. Bet you didn't think I was going to come I mean, up with that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Steve Bartman, I mean, you could come up with a thousand different oops plays in baseball and in basketball and in hockey and so on. The concept, the, the, the reasoning for the question was more, it's staring you in the face. And Fred Brown is a perfect example. It's staring you in the face. How do you keep, how do you continue the motion if it's staring you in the face? Right. Because James Worthy, he looks at James Worthy, and he realizes, he, obviously he didn't realize, but, dude, you're the wrong color uniform. Oh, I'll still pass you the ball. No problem. And that's why I came up with the ref, because it's like you're staring at the coin. Everybody in the world can see this coin, and you still call it the wrong way. So... It's kind of like if you've seen the movie Rat, the movie Rat Race, right? Where no, no, uh, nobody, nobody. Let's be honest. Nobody has seen the movie Rat Race other than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. It, it, see, it the was a remake of you watch Rat Race I, in eighty days. You watch Rat Race. Last night I watched Menace to Society. My wife looked. Carly, my wife looked at me like I was insane. I guess a good flick. Yeah. She didn't, want, she didn't want me Jack. to have basketball. She didn't want me to have basketball, so I had on something else. Next, you'll watch New Jack City and Boys in the Hood with Jim. In the Hood in colors. Right. Damn straight. And, 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 and please, in living color to top it all off. <laughs> well, Fireman Menace Bill, to my society, friend. Fireman Bill. Society, society brings back some good memories from my college days. So wait, and, um, but, wait, and you forgot, of course, higher learning when Ice Cube had the fro. <laughs> anyway, and now he hosts now he hosts barbecue. Now he hosts comedy movies about being a daddy. So he's come a long way. Right. He has. So three minutes to go. Again, I wish you all a fond farewell. I may come back. I may not. But. As I said before, the reason I'm going, I'm going to be Boz from Bali if you've seen the movie uh, With Honors. It's the only time I've ever heard of Bali, but I've always wanted to go. So I'll be sipping on a Mai Tai, thinking of y'all. But uh, we'll talk again next week when I'm in Queenstown. Yeah, so during this week, on this weekend, I have my best friend and radio partner on his way to Bali. My well, typically. Now the ironic part is my wife. Seth, you got about Seth, you got about ninety seconds, so make it quick. That's Go. okay. That's okay. My wife and son are actually going away this weekend. So for the first time in God knows how long, I, I am free this weekend, except for the eighty hours a week I'm going to work. I got no. I have no idea what the heck I'm going to do with the time. I'm incredibly jealous and bitter. I hate you all, <laughs> but but that's okay. So, anyway, <laughs> why did We Will Rock You just come on? I don't quite understand that, but okay. So anyway, I really thought it was. So, I really thought it was going to come. I really thought it was going to come up with We Are the Champions because that would be apropos. But anyway, go on. There, Maryland sixty, Rutgers forty-one. Nine minutes to go. So it looks like we're we're going to snap out of the slump. So next week, Sean will be in – where the hell will Sean be for, the, for next Zealand. week? Sean will be in New Zealand. Zealand. Seth, Seth will be in Hoboken. Doesn't seem right. For Sean Palmer, <laughs> this is Seth Cameron's on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Jake is getting a bit temperamental, so it's time to end this. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll reach out next week. Go Orange. Go Terps. Peace out. See you all. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.